Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. Stand in worship with us this morning as we sing together. The dark tried to hide you and steal you away. Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you. He tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped. cried for freedom, you tore down the walls. The weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. You cannot be stopped. Let's declare this together this morning. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains, Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Your victory, shout out your praise. Miracle maker, you're mighty to save. Awesome in power, relentless in love. You cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing, there's nothing that can stop our God, there's nothing that can stop our God, there's nothing that can stop our God, there is nothing, there is nothing, declare one more time, there's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah. The battle is won. Nothing can stand. Against our God, sing hallelujah. The battle is won. 
seated for just a moment. We are glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. We are thankful and honored that you would spend time with us out of your busy week. Uh, if you're a guest with us, if you're new, uh, maybe this is your first time or your first time in a while, uh, we would encourage you. There's a little connect card attached to your bulletin. Uh, we hope that you got one of those as you came in. Uh, we want to encourage you to fill that out and uh, drop that. You can drop it in our offering plate in just a few minutes, or if you missed that, that's okay. You've got another chance. You can drop it at our welcome center located in the back of our sanctuary. That's our way of getting to know you a little bit better uh, so that we can express our appreciation to you uh, for, for being with us this morning. We are thankful that you're here. We're honored that you would, would choose to be with us. We hope you're paying attention to your bulletins and the announcements on the screen as they roll uh, as you come in and as you leave in the, in, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, that way you can stay up to date on what all is going on. We're excited about this morning. We know that uh, God's going to do some great things. We're excited to see what, uh, what he has in store for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to continue in worship. Father, I thank you for all that you uh, are continuing to do in the life of our church. Lord, I thank you for uh, your, your blessings on us. Lord, for your continued uh, grace, your continued love, your continued mercy. Lord, we pray now uh, that as we continue in our, in our worship time together, Lord, that you would be honored, that you'd be exalted, uh, that yours alone would be the name that's lifted high because you're worthy of it, God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus who makes all of this possible. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship together this morning. We make way for you. Prepare a place for you. Let our praise become your throne. Hear your people sing. Give you everything. Jesus, all for you alone. All have a king. All have a savior. Jesus, the Son of God. All hell is made, all hell is power. Before his feet we fall as we crown him Lord. Oh, 
we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your praise in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to
I'm going to invite our ushers to come down as we pray together. God, you are the giver of life. Father, you're the giver of all good things. And we declare your majesty this morning. God, we pray that you are honored, that you're exalted, that your name is lifted high. Lord, now as we move into uh, our time where we have an opportunity to give back, God, I pray that you would take our tithes and offerings and you would bless them to further your kingdom. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and in his powerful name. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh yes I will Lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I Join us as we sing together. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God is never late. He's working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yeah. Nothing can stand against your 
be seated. What if I'm the only Bible that these people get in their life? I was born into a quote-unquote Christian family, but at the time my, that, that I was born, my father was into some pretty heavy drugs. A lot of very, very negative things happened to me. My parents got split up. I, my dad took me away from my mom and we moved to a different city. And, and my grandparents were always the one that brought me to church and they were here. So when we moved away, I kind of stopped going to church. And then my dad ended up getting into meth and just recently passed away last December. Through all of that, I just really became bitter in my heart. I mean, once you hit rock bottom, there's really no place to go but up. And over time, I started to make the incline up towards God and what he had in store for me and what his plans were for me. So Romans 1.16, it's a very, very amazing verse. It's one of my life verses. It's, for I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's the salvation to all men, first the Jews, then the Greeks. And I hold that very personal to my heart, especially living in a non-Christian environment at my school. I really shouldn't be ashamed of who I am, and I shouldn't be really, I really shouldn't be ashamed of what I believe. And you know, trying to stay strong and have that courage and be rooted in my faith that way, it's it's all about this. It's all about my Bible. You have to be rooted in your word. You have to have that subconscious thought of those those Bible verses in the back of your head, especially for when you're attacked and when you're at an all-time low, you can just pull those Bible verses out of the back of your head and they give you courage and they give you strength and they give you the, they give you the will to carry on. I first heard about Bring Your Bible to School Day on Facebook. My main point in signing up for Bring Your Bible to School Day was to share it with other people and also help provide that strength for other Christians to bring their Bible to school if they're scared of doing it. Since I brought my Bible to school and bring your Bible to school day, I've had a lot more people ask me questions about why I had my Bible sitting on the corner of my desk through all my classes and my faith and about the Bible and about what I believe. And they've actually started to listen a little bit more and started to ask more questions. And then when they're going through tough times, instead of trying to t handle it on their own, they're coming and talking to me and they're using me as a trustworthy person. And it, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for God to just do good in their lives, even if they don't believe in who he is. It's just, it's opened up that opportunity for like indirect things to happen to them and like ways for me to proclaim my faith to them. The person that you're sitting next to, you don't know their past, you don't know what they've been through. Maybe they're in a cry of desperation to try and find some hope or find something. And it just so happens to be that day where you actually bring your Bible to school and they start asking you questions, you could potentially save that person's life. Thursday is National Bring Your Bible to School Day. I know that sounds unusual, but this is with Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson. What's also unusual is here in Fayette County Schools on Thursday and Friday of this week, it's what they call fall break, so there is no school on Thursday, but that still doesn't give you a free pass. You can bring your Bible to school any day of the week. It's not illegal to do that, but if you do that, say like on Wednesday, the day before Thursday, you br bring your Bible to school, and um, I tell you, a good Bible is one that actually says, like in your pew, it says, Holy Bibles. You want it known, and you put it there on your desk at every class, and your classmates whether you're in middle school or elementary school or high school or college, they will see God's Word. And just like Ethan in this video, the purpose of that 
is to start a conversation where someone might ask, so do you go to church? Are you saved? Are you a Christian? It allows other folks to know in a, in a non-confrontational way this says, I believe and I support the Bible. And I think that's a, it's something very simple, and it also can be a very powerful way to really make your faith public. So uh, if you're a student or a college student, you'd be thinking about, will you start bringing your Bible to school? Um, I, I think it's a great a reminder to students, even though all the stuff you might be learning about at school really has not much to do with the Bible, there's no reason for you not to have God's Word right there. So I want to share that. That was a great video as well. So if you have a, your bulletin, you want to pull out, hopefully you receive your bulletin, today's sermon notes. We, and if you have your Bible, hopefully you brought your Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. We are beginning a three-week sermon series on addictions. Now, a lot of times when we think of addictions, we tend to think of, drugs and alcohol and amen God can certainly heal you from those addictions but we're going to see here I actually have some I have four pictures let's, let's take a look at these four pictures here and we're going to see what's missing anything missing in these pictures I don't know if you can see all right next these guys are grilling out and they're they're I guess they're looking at their hands all right next picture uh, these are children here. It's like they're uh, looking at something that's supposed to be there. Um, it's, it's missing. All right, one more picture. This is a mother and a daughter, and again, something's missing out of their hands. So what's missing? So this is, what's missing here is we're going to mainly focus on today the danger of entertainment, the addiction of entertainment. And how I believe, and I believe you agree with me, it can actually pull you away from the Lord. It's absolutely possible. In all of those pictures, they were supposed to be cell phones and um, like video game devices in folks' hands. And they were missing. Remember the old days you would see families sitting at the um, f uh, kitchen table and Dad's got a newspaper held up in front. He can't even see the other people there with the children and the parents. Surely you all remember that. Maybe an old, 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 old-timey picture. And it's like Dad, instead of talking to folks, he's reading the newspaper. Well, that's what it's similar like when we have nonstop uh, devices in front of us. So what we're going to see here in this passage is Israel, they are entering what we call the promised land. They're about to cross the Jordan River, and they're going into the land known as Canaan. But when they get there, there's a people group there called the Canaanites. The Canaanites have something called detestable customs. And these are things that the Canaanites do that God is going to warn the Israelites about, because if they aren't careful, these detestable customs could creep into the Israelites' lives, and it would pull them away from the Lord. So the goal of this message is, here in America, here in Kentucky, here in Lexington, are there any detestable customs that could actually pull us away from the Lord? 
Because I believe if it happened back then, and God chose to include this in the Bible, it's for us today. Because if we aren't careful, we will allow our culture to literally, we will just drift away from the Lord. So we're going to read this here in our, in our Bibles. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those natures. So here it is. They're entering, in verse 9, they're entering this land and they're being warned that you're going to go into this and there's some things going on there that you should not be imitating. It's not for people of God. Verse 10, no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. Now look at verse 13. This is very important. This is why we have to guard ourselves from these detestable customs. Why? Because we as children of God, as called and saved by Jesus, you must be blameless before the Lord your God. God has called you and I as born-again believers, as followers, as disciples, to be blameless before God. Meaning, He's calling us to a purity. Keep going here, verse 14. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers, and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. And what God is saying here, when you get in there, you're going to discover that these people do things that you, under no circumstance, are permitted to do. I have three little scriptures up here I want to put, and we're going to look at these. 1 Peter 2.11, it says, Dear friends... I urge you as strangers and exiles. Peter's writing this, and he's reminding us that here in Lexington, we are actually strangers and exiles, meaning this is not our permanent home. We should be different. We are to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul, meaning our lifestyle. The characteristics of our life, if we aren't careful, we will find ourselves just like everyone else. Brian and I are a church. We're, we're really blessed in this church to have a lot of Gideons. And I often tell every single man, you should strive for two things. You should be a deacon, or you should be a Gideon, and or both. Because the Gideons, when it comes down to it, what are they all about? They're all about the Bible. I mean, if if you don't believe, the, if you don't want to hand out free Bibles, you know, I mean, that, that's really it. When it comes down to the Gideons, you're handing out free Bibles. Well, here at our church, we host the um, Gideons Pastors Banquet once a year. Um, it's on Friday night, and it was this past Friday. So I, I got to go to it, and it's, they always have fantastic speakers sharing about how God's Word tra transformed someone's life. And they had this one young guy. He had shared about when he was 12 years old, he had started getting a hold of alcohol, and he started dabbling in it. And by the time he was 14, 15 years old, he found himself on the weekends, he'd get it from his dad. He was getting drunk once a week. Then he went off to college at Moorhead State, 
And once a week became every day. And what started very small, what started very innocent in the refrigerator, ended up becoming, by the time this young man was 19 years old, a full-fledged alcoholic. He, had, he was addicted to it. And he got to the point where he realized the lifestyle he was living there, making straight F's, just doing awful in school, drinking every single night. He wasn't even going to make it to Christmas, being alive. I mean, that was how bad he was going down. Well, that being said, he received a Gideon Bible, and he realized, he received it walking along and there at his school, and he put it on the shelf, and that started planting the seed of God's Word in his life. And then he gave his life to Christ, and the Lord healed him and freed him of that addiction. And he realized that the typical lifestyle of a young person, if you don't view yourself as a stranger, as an exile, you will absolutely fall into this, this sinful desire that's just waging war on your soul. There is nothing more that the devil wants to do than to destroy your life through addiction. Absolutely. He is going after you. And he will use any possible way he can. Alright, next Bible verse here. Verse 1 Corinthians 7.23. Look up here on the board. You were bought at a price. Do you know who bought us at a price? Jesus did. Every time we see a cross, we're reminded... That Christ died for you and I. And it cost something. It wasn't free. It cost God his life. Do not become slaves of people. What happens to us when we don't live blameless lives, Broadway Baptist? We literally become slaves of people. When you have addiction issue, you become enslaved to it. It becomes an idol in your life. It all of a sudden takes over who you are. You begin to worship it. We're, we're reminded in the book of Romans that even though we're saved, we still live in a fleshly body. Meaning, Paul talks about the old man. Meaning, you live for Jesus, but you still on a daily basis have to battle sin. And what happens is, if we're not careful we will find ourselves going back to that old way of life. Jesus Christ reminds us that a price had, been to be, had to be paid. We want to make sure that we aren't adopting any of Lexington's cultures that are really just detestable to the Lord. You know, you, you will never find time for God. You must make time for God. Let me say that again. Listen to me. You will never just find time for God. If you want to spend time with God, you must make time for God. He is the one where you have to put on your calendar, your daily agenda, I'm going to spend 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes with the Lord. You won't find it. You will, the devil will make sure you're busy enough. You will never find time for the Lord. And we're going to get to this, and you're going to see this illustrated 
about the danger of entertainment. One more Bible verse here. It's our Second Chronicles twelve fourteen. Do you know after it goes, the, the first three kings of Israel go Saul, David, and Solomon. After Solomon, Solomon was wicked. He began worshiping idols. And he began to engage in the practices of the other nations surrounding him. And his heart, the Bible says, was led astray from the Lord. He had a son named Rehoboam. Rehoboam, because of Solomon's wickedness, God says, your kingdom will be divided. So there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Rehoboam was the king of the southern kingdom called Judah. And look at the description for this, for this first king here of Judah. Rehoboam did what was evil. Why? What did he do? Because he did not determine in his heart, heart to seek the Lord. Meaning, what made the man evil was that he did not find time, make time, place God as a priority in his life. He just drifted along with all the other peoples around him, and the Bible described him as evil. If we drift along here in Lexington, we will find ourselves just like this. You and I have to make time for God. It will not happen naturally. Let me tell you something else what the Gideon said. And I think this really speaks to our city. Lexington is a lost city. If you are drifting along in this city, if you live here, there is a drift that will just take you away from the Lord. You probably won't drift into church. You'll drift away from church. Let me illustrate why. The Gideons go to campuses, and they pass out and distribute Bibles. And they go to all the campuses here on, in, in Kentucky. And Kentucky actually has a lot of college campuses, and a lot of them are in small towns. And they were telling us, they said, you know, when we go in these small towns, it's completely different than Lexington, giving out Bibles. You go down into Danville, you go down to Center College, you go out in eastern Kentucky, Barberville, Union College there, and you give out Bibles, 90%, you stand on the corner, when kids are walking by, 90% of people will take the scriptures. They're polite about it. They'll say thank you. Now, they might throw them in the trash around the corner, but for, they take the Bible. They'll, they'll take them from you. Here in Lexington, it's not 90%. Last month at Gideon's here, gave out almost it's like 5,950 Bibles, almost 6,000 Bibles right here down the street. Here in our city, only 30 or to 40% of the college students will even take them. Most of the students, the majority, say, no thank you, nah, it's not for me, I don't want that. They reject it. Here in our city, they don't even want the Bible. Why is it here? It's almost like a black cloud hangs over our city. And the black cloud isn't one of revival and one that's pointing people to Jesus. In fact, it's pointing people away from this book. Even the college students, when you're giving them a Bible, most of them won't even accept it. And in other parts of our state, they will. 
This is what I'm talking about, the drift away from the Lord. And if you or I, Christ has called us out of this, if you or I aren't careful, we will go down the same path as, unfortunately, so many other folks here in our city have gone. Look up here on the board. This is why, now we're going to get into addiction. This is what happens, the early cycle of addiction. Do you know addiction actually starts with rebellion? This is on your little handout. You're filling the blank. Rebellion. Do you know, I want to tell you something. If you don't, if a child will not obey their mother and father, guess what they won't do? They won't obey God. If a man's going to lie to God, lie to his wife and be dishonest at work, he's going to be dishonest and lie to God. God lets us know that small little rebellions that seem so insignificant end up becoming big rebellions against Him. This is where all addiction starts. It doesn't start the first drink. It starts with disobeying. It starts with the child saying, I don't care what mom and dad say. I'm going to do whatever I want. That is a sinful, rebellious spirit. And that just goes throughout life. The late stages of addiction is actually bondage. Bondage is when it has gripped you. You become a slave to addiction and you can't stop. We are surrounded by folks that are in bondage to addiction. A lot of them won't admit it, but they have serious problems and only Jesus can free them. Only when they get to the point where they realize it started with rebellion and now it owns me. So let's look at, in these next three weeks, we're going to be looking at different types of addiction. Because for us, when we read this out of Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we read about going in and they have uh, mediums, they have folks consulting the dead, most of us probably don't struggle with that. But there's an area, though, that we could absolutely struggle with, and we don't always see it. Remember, sin blinds you. So if you don't have open eyes, you won't be aware of what this. How can you break the entertainment addiction? Do you know we are constantly told we have to be entertained? For example, look at this first point up here. You can stop wasting your time. Your child, or maybe you have a grandchild, pours so much potential into wasted pursuits. Let me illustrate this. In 2011, I was in Georgia, and this family came to our church. And they had a bunch of boys. And the boys were like, one was a freshman in college, and another was like a junior in high school. And these guys loved video games. They didn't just love video games. Their life was video games. And the parents were, the mother was just blinded to this. This young man would come home from school, from Noonan High School. It'd be 3.30, 4 o'clock. He'd go up to his room, turn on him, back then it was 2011, was PlayStation. He'd turn on his PlayStation. The boy played PlayStation to 10, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, to finally his parents said, you got to go to bed every day. That's all he did. 
His parents, made, and his parents were godly parents. They had to make him go to youth group on Wednesday night. Make him go to church. And what happened is mother told me, because she kind of said, yeah, such and such loves, he loves video games, and that's his hobby. And you know, when he grows up, this is no joke, you're going to laugh when you hear this, he's going to be a video game engineer. That was eight years ago. I'm Facebook friends with this guy. He's now like out of college. He's not a video game engineer. He wasted his childhood. He lost all of those opportunities because this young man who could have had a vibrant, exciting teenage life just played video games. And his parents allowed it. And I think for us as believers, we have to say this. Are there things in my life are there things in my home that are literally just wasting my time? When it's all said and done, it's the most unproductive thing in the world. Nothing is accomplished. You have so much potential. You could be a witness. You could be a bold soul winner among your friends. You could be bringing your Bible to school to anything. But it's poured into wasted pursuits. This is what happens to us. There is a temptation for all of us. You turn on the TV. Have you ever watched Netflix? It can be show after show after show. Any show you won't ever. And the amazing thing about Netflix is once one show ends, they even have a, a set up that the new show, you don't have to hit play to start a new one. After like five or six seconds, it just starts. Like, you can literally just sit on your chair, couch, or bed and watch four, five, six hours of TV and not even have to pick up the remote. It sucks you in. You could be on your phone and just going through the scroll, scroll after scroll after scroll. You could find yourself just going through video game, watching every single sport event, Whatever it would be, movie, one after another, after another, after another. In church, your day is gone. It just went through your fingers. That is an addiction. You didn't find time for God. There was, you couldn't even think about the Lord. It's literally nonstop entertainment. God is telling us, He's warning us. We have to break this. This is not for Christians. You will not become a disciple by doing these things. Secondly, look up here. Look what it does. Entertainment. It beats you up. Video games, movies, social media, sport, you know, social media, scroll sports. It makes you a slave. Literally, you become a slave to this stuff. And when I say a slave, I mean it creates and shapes your thinking. It creates your mood. It, it, sets a, it sets in your heart what you feel and think. The Lord's not doing it. God's Word isn't doing it. The entertainment is doing it. You get more fired up over politics, more fired up over sports than Jesus then lost people, the black cloud that hangs over our city of lostness. The devil has a grip on our city, leading people away from the Lord. 
And it's only you and I as believers that are going to be faithful in prayer and a bold witness to lead people to Jesus. And guys, if we've been sucked into this, you won't be a bold witness. Thirdly, look right here. You don't think about the things of God because you're constantly being entertained. At some point, the entertainment addiction becomes life itself. Your life is defined just like that young man in 2011. It's his mother actually being fooled that thinking he's going to be a video game engineer. That sounds like something a 16-year-old boy was telling his mother to justify why he needs to keep playing video games. Oh, I'm going to be a video game engineer. Let me conquer this level and keep going. Mom, get out of here. It just sounds something like a boy would come up with. It, it literally, it's your life. We have to make sure. We have to ask ourselves, have I fallen for this trap? Am I someone that has become like Rehoboam, who is actually evil? Why was he evil? Remember what that rival says. He was evil. Why? Because he did not seek the Lord. So understanding, I want you to follow this, very important. If you're just drifting along in our city, you're not seeking the Lord. You're just going with whatever entertainment, going with whatever sports, going with whatever's going on in the culture, the media, politics. You're not seeking the Lord. You're just drifting along. God calls that evil. You must, as born-again believers, followers of Jesus, find time for God. Do you want to find time for God? Do you want, to find your, do you want your life to be delivered from being an addict? Do you know maybe somebody, people who are struggling with this? Think about this. What is the best thing you can give an addict? Do you know the best thing you can give an addict is the love of Christ? Jesus is the best thing. You must show that Jesus is better than Facebook. Jesus is better than alcohol. Jesus is better than eating out every day. Jesus is better than playing Fortnite. That's a video game. Jesus is better than going to the gym all the time. Jesus is better than pornography. Jesus is better than Kentucky sports. Jesus is better than working overtime all the time. Jesus is better than Donald Trump. Jesus is better than Hulu. That's very similar to Netflix. And Jesus is better of traveling all over America, sightseeing everything you can. Church, Jesus is better Jesus Christ frees us of all of these addictions here. These, these things, this entertainment, He's offering an alternative. He's saying, come to me. I offer living water that you never thirst again. Christ is calling you and I this morning to be delivered of this stuff. Do not allow this to shape your thinking, to shape who you are, to shape your thoughts and your actions. Jesus is saying, don't fall for it. It's a trap. It will suck you in. It leaves you empty. That is why God is urging. He's warning the Israelites. Guys, when you get into Canaan, you do not, do not adapt their detestable customs. Have you detected, adapted the detestable customs of Lexington.
of America, have they crept into your family? If they have, you need to have a hard look at your life and say, Jesus is better. God, deliver me of the sin of entertainment addiction. It has completely reshaped all of who I am. And God set me free. Jesus is offering an alternative. You want to know the Lord? You have to find time for Him. Because if you do not find time, it will never happen. Jesus Christ came to set you free of every single addiction. Including all these addictions we've just gone over. This stuff is destroying lives. And I don't even think people realize it. It's destroying families. And they don't even know it. It's coming into, even into churches and Christian families and just leading people down a road and they don't even know they're doing it. This morning, will you ask Jesus to free you of this addiction? Will you ask Christ to guard your eyes, your mind, and everything that is consumed throughout your day and week? Because if we don't, you will find yourself adopted detestable customs of the Canaanites. I'm going to invite our band to come forward. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. This morning, if you want Jesus, He is speaking to you and I, and He's saying, I'm better. I can free you of this. No longer do you have to live this way. No longer does this have to consume who you are. God, I pray for us this morning. I pray that we are believers that lift our hands high and say, Lord, I'm yours. Free me of the addiction of entertainment. Lord, make me a man that wants to seek out after you. Lord, I want to be someone that is finding time. Even if I'm so busy, there's always time for God. Because I don't want to, we don't want to be like Rehoboam who drifted along. And what was evil with this man is he did not seek after you. Lord, help us raise ourselves and our families and those in our influence that are believers who are seeking out after you. God, I pray that this invitation, Lord, it doesn't pass with us, with us being changed. God, you want us as believers, as followers, to be disciples who's been free of this garbage. In the black cloud, the plague over our city. Lord, help us not drift down that into that. You have called us as exiles, as strangers. We're called to be different. We bring our Bibles to school. We stand on your word. Lord, this invitation, if you're calling us to respond, seal these words in our heart and don't let this opportunity pass. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Chris and the band is going to lead us in a song. I invite everyone to stand up. You want to follow Christ this morning. You want to make a decision. We close every service with an invitation. I'll be standing up front waiting for you to respond. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love. 
the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know that we're all searching for answers. Only you provide because you. Just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am.
come stand here. Greg, why don't you come stand down here as well? So I pull a band member out of uh, <laughs> out the, off the stage. Uh, God's certainly been moving, doing great things here. Thank you, Aaliyah. <laughs> Appreciate it. You come stand up here as well. Uh, God's certainly been moving, doing great things here. This is Miss Amy Campbell. This is Greg and Wilma White's daughter, and um, as well as uh, Miss Aaliyah, who was baptized just a few weeks ago here at our church. And uh, Amy wanted to come forward and um, join our church. She's a member of a local area Baptist church and has been coming for several Sundays. And her parents recently became members of Broadway. And she came forward and says, Daniel, I need to make that next step as well. I need, to, I need to find a church home. You always need to have a church home. You need to have a church that you're going to belong to as well as that you're going to support and certainly serve in. So we are excited for Amy for coming as well as this entire family for coming here and joining Broadway Baptist Church. If you are excited about their decision, will you join me in saying amen? Amen. amen. We're so excited about that. <laughs> what we always do, I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We have a receiving line. So everybody can you stand up. I think uh, you have a, do you have a final prayer, final song? And then Chris is going to do that. <laughs> Give me the deer in the headlights look. Uh, after he does that, we always have the receiving line. So you come by, welcome this family, welcome Amy to Broadway Baptist Church and give them a wonderful welcome for their commitment. So we're so excited about that. All right, Chris. Amen. Amy, we're thankful that you're here. We want to rejoice with the White family this morning. I'm going to introduce you to Richard Carroll. Richard's one of our deacons. He's our deacon of the week this week. Uh, you'll notice that in our bulletin uh, if you pay attention to that. So we're going to ask him to pray, and then we will be dismissed this morning. Pray with me, please. Lord and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this church. We thank you so much for all that you've done within the church. We pray for Awanas tonight and the services that are going on tonight. Lord, be with us as we leave the church today and be with us as we go to our homes and be with us until we enter the church again. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come say hi to the whites and have a good afternoon. You're dismissed. <laughs>